This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to a new episode of The Low Show. I'm your host, Lo Von Room. All right, let me just start it off with a question for you. Have you ever been catfished by someone? Have you ever fallen in love with someone and then realized they've been lying to you the entire time? Or has someone you dated or even a friend ever stolen money from you or stolen anything from you? It's a shitty thing to think about. It's even shittier when it happens. But the saddest part about that is it's so common. It happens all the time. And there's so many TV shows, documentaries, podcasts just dedicated to this topic alone, being taken advantage of, being lied to, sociopaths out there. Which brings me to today's episode. So I sat down with my favorite little songbird, Miss Haley Arantia, from the hit show, The Goldbergs. She's had a pretty interesting journey to her success, and she also really drives the point home that the grass is always greener on the other side. You'll get what I mean when you listen to today's episode. I went over to Haley's. I made her and her boyfriend a little breakfast. I cooked them a delicious Mexican-style brunch with pan dulce, churros dipped in sugar and cinnamon, burritos, mimosas. I don't know why I say it with Latin flair. Like mimosas aren't Mexican. Anyway, <laughs> Haley is refreshingly honest. She's a strong woman, and she's truly authentic. Love sitting and talking with her. And she's taught me that although there are some weirdos out there, some sociopaths, users, pathological liars, especially here in LA. It's like a breeding ground for narcissistic assholes. But that being said, life is still beautiful. And that's not the majority of humans. So don't be jaded. Sometimes you just got to pick yourself up and get back on the damn horse. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Okay, cool. And we're live. It's recording. And welcome to the freaking low show. (laughs) What a treat to have Haley Orantia or Orantia. It's Orantia, I think. I've been saying it wrong for years. But honestly, I think Orantia is the proper way to say it. Yeah. If you were saying it in Spanish, how would you say it? Orantia. There you go. Okay. Haley (laughs) Orantia. So, hi, everyone. Hey, putas. Welcome to an episode of The Low Show. Okay, so today's guest is a very special queen to me. She is a beautiful actress, singer, songwriter, philanthropist, skincare junkie. She loves interior design. Mm-hmm, she going. is a friend, a mother. <laughs> Ooh, not what? well, not yet, but one day. What? Way down I the don't line. Know, okay. <laughs> My mom's listening. She's having a panic <laughs> attack. Out. And um, she's just a, an all-around incredible human being who happens to be my client, but also a dear close friend of mine. Welcome to the Low Show, Miss Haley Arantia. Oh, thank you. So glad you're here as my guest, and I'm obsessed with you, and you're a beautiful human being. I'm obsessed with and you. And this is just going to be so good. I have so many topics that I want to cover with you. Where do we begin? Where? Well, let's start off with you as an actress working for the Gold. Just I want to give background info to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've been on the Goldbergs for seven seasons. You're filming season eight right now. If you haven't checked out that show, listeners. It's on ABC Goldbergs. She's the sister in the Goldbergs. And yeah, you're a great actress. Um, It's such a good show. Wendy is also one of my favorites on that show. And she loves you, by the way. Does she? Yeah. Did you see she posted your thing on her story the other day? I forget what it was. 
She loves you. I mean, it's hard not to. But she's so yes, sweet. She's really funny. Friends. I didn't realize that Wendy was, I, I don't know if I told you this, but she was in The Office. What? Do you do you watch The Office? Yeah. Oh, the, when she was the um, ticket. Concierge. Concierge, yes. Oh, I was like, dang, look at Wendy. She's been doing it. She Reno 911, Brian's Maze. Oh, that's Maze. right. Yeah, she was in that too. Um, Lord, she's been in a lot. She's been crushing for a while. Yeah. And now Goldberg's. Um, plays the mom on the show. She's our our queen bee over yeah. there on the Goldbergs. What I think is back to you because you're the star of this show. <laughs> what I think is really interesting is that, and I learned this about you later on, but you're first and foremost a singer and a songwriter. You have a beautiful voice. You do get to sing on the Goldbergs once in a while, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. People get introduced to that. But that was your first thing. Like oh, yeah. singing, that's your passion. And I feel like there's not a lot of people who could say this, but you fell into a hit show and then got seven seasons. But your number one is singing and songwriting and acting. You just so happen to be really good at it and booked an awesome gig that's blessed you with so many seasons, which is unheard of in the industry. It's not <laughs> a very common thing to get a show that has on a big network that gets that many seasons. No. But hey, you're just ride it to the wheels fall off. That's about right. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's so funny because the amount of people I, I meet out here being an actor, all you meet usually are other actors. Yeah. So everyone I talk to about like, oh, how'd you get started? How'd you get the show? And I told them like, oh, I kind of stumbled into this. And now we're in our eighth season. They hate me. So <laughs> they hate me so They're much. They're like grinding, going to auditions day in, day out, yes. not booking shit for years. Mm-hmm. And they passionately want to do it. But that is the catch 22, my friends, is that I've been doing the same for music. And look where we are. We are <laughs> labelless. We are without representation. Well, to some degree. Would you ideally want to be on a label? Ever since I was little, that was like the plan. So to kind of give you a quick, like the spiel of when everyone's like, how'd you get here? Yeah. I started singing when I was nine, like singing along to the car radio. And a family friend was like, oh my God, you have a great voice. Like you should take lessons and like really hone in on the craft. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like nine years old, not really thinking about that. Started taking lessons though. One thing led to another, connected me to people in Nashville who connected me to people in LA where I found my manager at the time. And, you know, he was fantastic. His name's Jamie Houston. He wrote Breaking Free for High School Musical. We're breaking free. You know? So he had great connections to that whole world. And I was like, at this time, 13 or 14. So I was in that demographic. Just a baby. And Mm -hmm. you're how old now? 26. 26. No, that's still a baby. (laughs) But like. 26. Like, it's so old. I'm like 47. (laughs) I feel 47, but I'm 31. You look 22. Oh, thank you for that. I'll take it any day. (laughs) No, so I got connected to him and he reached out to all these different labels. And I met with labels when I was 14. And they all were like, oh, you know, we love what you're doing at the time. Trying to literally trying to do the JoJo thing. I'm 14 years old. I look like JoJo Siwa. Uh, No. (laughs) Oh, for the the young ones out there. (laughs) Can you imagine? I'm trying to do the JoJo Siwa thing. Bows in her hair. The glitter. No, um, I'm talking classic JoJo. Get out right now. It's the end of you and me. Get out. I don't know anyone who doesn't know that song. Um, like that to me, I was in that age demographic where she was the Whitney Houston vocals of my age. And so I was like, I want to be Jojo. I love the Spanish version of it. It was like, Por qué? Yeah. 
So I was like, mm, it doesn't hit the same. I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, so that way, did you the... want to go with like an R&B pop vibe? Yes. Oh, that was wow. the style of music. I, I know you're like, oh, wow, that was the journey for you. Yeah, that's how I started. I grew up listening to Brian McKnight, Luther Vandross, JoJo, Whitney, Celine Dion. It was a Hold mixed on. bag. Okay. I'm actually <laughs> shook <laughs> this podcast because I've known you for years and we've had deep talks and really gotten to know each other. And I literally never mm-hmm. knew that side of you. I know Haley as the country music loving. That's yeah. I just thought like you're from Dallas, Texas, Southern vibes. And I thought I introduced you to Luther Vandross. <laughs> and no, honey. No. <laughs> You freaking love it. You got some soul. Yes. Whitney Houston is a mother figure to me. Mariah Carey as well. And and those are your people. You love them. Mm -hmm. Celine Dion, been to her concert. I'll never forget. Celine Dion or Whitney Houston? Oh, oh, Celine Dion. If I went to, I literally, you know how everyone's like, you remember (laughs) certain days in history that are like iconic. Like everyone remembers when Michael Jackson died or like, you know, right. Or when Corona hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember and wept in my car when I heard on the radio that Whitney Houston died. She was, I was like, the world has stopped. Oh. Like, I'll never get to meet her. A thousand percent. Like, it was there's terrible. no going forward. Like, it yeah. was awful. So, Celine Dion, I did get to see in concert, which was Oh, iconic. see, I thought when you, I was saying pick Celine Dion, Whitney Houston. So you would select Whitney Houston as a favorite. Oh. For a vocalist. Oh, that's a hard one. If you, one vocalist, Celine. It's got to be Whitney. God bless you. I mean, Amen. Of course. Sorry, it has to be Whitney. But like, oh, that's a tough one. Because then again, Celine does things so, but so did she, Whitney, so effortlessly that you're just like, oh, that's just like you taking a shower, going to, like getting ready in the morning. Like, it's just, oh, like, it's just. <laughs> To have that voice. (laughs) Like so easily, like it comes to that where it seems it does. But so, yeah, that's what I was influenced by. And I wanted to do like pop R&B soul kind of music. But I dressed like an anime skateboarder. You've seen these photos, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was rough. But she made a statement. You know what I mean? Like I was the only one in the school wearing purple skinny jeans and DC shoes. And so freaking cute. Had a uh, can I speak to the manager haircut before it was (laughs) the the Karen. Karen. Yeah. Before it was the Karen. Karen. Bob. (laughs) I was ahead of my time, really. Um, What a glow up. If you guys could see what I'm looking at (laughs) right now. She's gorgeous. Would have never expected that she had. A Karen. Karen cut looking like she's working part time at Hot Topic. I mean, that's well, that was the goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but so that was kind of what I was doing. And the labels are like, this is something interesting. However, maybe we go the Disney route. This was mid Hannah Montana thriving. Right. So they're mm-hmm. like, go get yourself a TV show and then come back and we'll sign you and you'll have a record deal and TV show in one. And I was like, go get yourself a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy. Well, again, well, like, it that's was what it for sounds- you. <laughs> So I was had no interest in acting. I mean, obviously, you know me and I'm a character and I'm hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've always been super goofy, but I never like looked at the TV and was like, I want to do that. Right. Loved sitcoms with my dad, though. That was like on the daily. We would we had our shows. That was a thing we did. So to some degree, it makes complete sense that this is what I'm doing. But I ended up taking lessons back home in Dallas. The same coach that taught Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Madison Pettis, all the Disney, like they all kind of came out of that area. Okay. And they all at some point attended this acting school in my hometown. And so she's like, if you want to be- In Dallas? Yes. It's in Louisville, Texas. Okay. Catherine Sullivan um, acting for film. And she's still going. She's still crushing it. But 
like if you wanted to do Disney Channel, like you better go to Catherine. Like she's all these people pumped out of her studio. So it was just so convenient that I'm not kidding you in my town of Louisville, Texas. Like that's where the the acting school was. So I started taking lessons there and I really had a hard time. Like it didn't make sense to me. I wasn't one to pick up on certain acting methods, but then like eventually kept going on auditions and cried after a lot of them. Cause I'm like, what am I doing? I just want to do music. So you were just using acting as a vehicle to music fully. Even I mean, then from even the get go, from the get go. And don't get me wrong. Like I was, there were times that I was having fun in class or I, you know, but I never really booked a role. There was a Sprint commercial that played in movie theaters telling you to turn your cell phone off. And that was you one, were in it. was in that. That was my first experience ever on a set. But it was so brief and like, you know, just a flash in the bucket or whatever they call it. Yeah. And then my next thing was in my own hometown. It was called Cooper and the Castle Hills Gang. And it was like a kid's adventure movie. That was like my second experience. And then my third thing was the Goldbergs, which is insane. Because yeah. like... How do you go from having zero experience to like, hi, now you're going to be a series regular on an eight season long, possibly more network television show. And like your whole world's going to completely change. Did you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wild to think about. So you were how old when you booked Goldberg's? 19. And so I actually was still living in Dallas. I was driving out to LA with my dad for pilot season for like the second or third time in my life. And I got the audition for a show that at the time was called How the F Am I Normal? loved the title and i just so resonated with the character erica because i was like oh this is me so erica i can goldberg mm-hmm. so then i got the second we drove into this um it wasn't an airbnb at the time it was uh just like a rental property we found that we could stay in for a few months the second i got in there put myself on tape and then from there it just like snowballed into callback and then you have the part and but it's so funny though because with all this you know, two years after being into the show, so we're season two of the Goldbergs, I go now to Nashville and I start meeting labels again. And they're all like, but do you really do music? Like you're an actress and you have a big chunk of your year that's taken up with that. So like, mm, are you really a musician? I'm like, wow. uh, if you only <laughs> knew like what journey I've been on since I was 10 to like be here and still be like told this isn't happening. So it got to the point where I've taken advantage of the opportunity Goldbergs has given me and I've just made music without a label or without, you know, representation in that way. And to whatever degree you call it, I'm going to, I'm going to play like, one of her songs. <laughs> a voice of an angel. I want to say your sound to me is like, and it bums me out that you are not with a label now that you tell me this backstory, but you have dropped an album and you have singles that come out and I've done videos with you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, killing it in your own right. I just, I know you want to be with a label. Well, and that's the thing is I always in my head, that's like, that's how you know that you're an artist, right? Is when you have a team like that backing you and Essentially, what a label is, it's a bank for artists. So they're going to give you money up front to be able to pay for the album to be made and eventually use their resources to promote that album to whatever degree they can. So if that's putting it on a billboard in the middle of Times Square, if that's getting you on SNL to getting perform, you radio, radio play, 
what yeah on any of that they have the access to that so if you don't have a label then oh how is that possible well now we have a little thing called spotify and apple music and they have all kind of reached out to finding their own artists and so now these streaming platforms are like labels they don't necessarily back you with money but if you can provide all of those other resources for them then they can give you opportunity for playlists and things that i've watched friends of mine blow up because of spotify like they went and then they from, don't even need a label no at that point well it's ironic because eventually they <laughs> they end up getting one yeah. but it's funny because it, nowadays so many people are well as much as i tell them my story they're like well you don't need one like just do it without it if anything don't give away your ownership of your song rights right to a label when you can just do it yourself however <laughs> As much as I'm proud of like the music I've put out and I'm ever changing my style, I absolutely write everything I put out. I love being involved in the creative process of it. I like performing on stage, but like there's a level of feeling like lost in that you don't have. I've always wanted to have the team of like professionals that go, let's strategize how to best do this because I'm it's me, my mom and my dad. (laughs) Like people think that it, it maybe to some degree it looks like you know, every now and then I've hired a team that maybe can help me push it a little bit. But even then, it's not what people think it is. It's, you know, making yeah. your own graphics and trying to call people and be like, well, you, you know, so yeah, there's a it's way. Well, it's completely hands on. Yeah. Not way more hands on. It's 100 percent on you. Yeah. Which is hard to juggle in between being a series regular for seven, eight months out of the year on a show. So then you're trying to navigate all these other things. So. Yeah, that's kind of how the whole music thing's played out so far. Jeez. But yeah. Well, I mean I'm not bitter. (laughs) (laughs) If any record producers are out there listening to this, you know who call me. Call her. Slide into her DMs. (laughs) Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over one million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend it to my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I love you on the Goldbergs. I love your voice as well. And I I also want to talk a little bit about, <laughs> this is a segue into something completely different. Mm-hmm. Relationships. Ooh. Just, okay, so I know as a songwriter, I I mean, I listen to your music and you let it all out in the lyrics. It's beautiful. But I want to say, so people go through some crazy shit in relationships. I think you're one of the top (laughs) five people with some crazy welcome to L.A. type of nutso shit that you went through in your relationship. Mm -hmm. So. What I love about Haley is, I'll just, why do I say, I, how do I do that? What I I'm love used about to Haley, it. <laughs> I'm I, not like here. You're sitting right in front of me. <laughs> what I love about you is you haven't, you've been through the ringer in relationships, 
I think you had two crazies, didn't you? No, one real real big, crazy. Okay. I mean, I've dated a lot of people. Yeah, some of them, I'm sure, are nuts. Town but... bike. Yeah, everyone gets around. Jesus, <laughs> she's not. She's I'm just not. trying to find what I'm looking for, really. But yep. um, I I know that you're not <laughs> you're not the town bike, but Thanks. you are in relationships. Even though you've been through the ringer, you're not jaded or bitter, or it didn't change the woman that you are, or you're out look on life mm-hmm. i'm sure a little bit and we talked we've talked about that before but i think we can even talk about this relationship right now and how crazy it is only because Haley, you're happy with this okay she's dating this guy greg he's the cutest man mm-hmm. ever he looks like he should be on mad men he, don't t- he would love if he, he does he him. looks like like a Mad Men character like mm-hmm. a 1950s <laughs> 60s type advertising guy with cute glasses it really goes with my aesthetic lately so i'm into it oh yeah and we're sitting here in Haley's home she has such an eye for decor she is the joanna Gaines of los angeles yeah her home is beautifully decorated her boyfriend uh beautifully decorated beautifully decorated for the home (laughs) matches the aesthetic and now you're thriving in a relationship you got a great career going this pandemic hasn't kept you down too much Mm. so that's why we can speak about yeah. like the Voldemort. Past. Vol- he who must not be named. <laughs> what should we call? We'll call him V. V. Vold. Yeah. Voldy. <laughs> Voldy. Ew. <laughs> okay. So you, okay. But so you met this guy and he's, he's a catch. Good looking, served in the armed forces, mm-hmm. part of the military. We honor our troops here. Wounded on the L- vet. Wounded, wounded vet. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. His arm didn't work for those of you asking. Yeah. It was there. It just didn't work, apparently. Well, this the story is so good, guys. Don't just stay tuned. <laughs> hang, hang if you're on. listening, just come on a little closer. Hang on. Team. Actually, if anything, if anyone's watched Dear John, the show, or listened to the Isn't podcast. Is it Dirty John? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Not the Amanda Seyfried movie yeah. with the- <laughs> That's a good story. Different, yeah, different war story. Um, no, if you watch Dirty, Dirty John. John then it's going to sound pretty similar, but you know, yeah. so if you like that train, then stay yeah, on I it. loved it. So <laughs> I'm just glad you weren't murdered at the end. Me too. Okay. So well, we'll see, right? <laughs> He's still alive. You never know. Uh, okay. So you're dating this, this wounded vet with a paralyzed arm. And how did you, how did you guys meet? He was doing a tour on the lot that we work on. You know, kind of like a a tour, like a fan tour, like Universal kind, Studios tour, sort of. But it was through a a company that or an organization, I should say, similar to a Wounded Warriors. It wasn't that organization okay. though. That it was specifically meant for Marines, so that they could, you know, they do different trips together as a group of wounded veterans. They did a tour on the lot, and that's how I met him originally. And you know, didn't think much of it, and like moved about my day like he was so super you, nice you and, were introduced to him like you went out like hello wounded vets i'm Haley. i'm yes an welcome to our set like yeah. appreciate you thank you, you for serving and oh because you shoot on uh the sony lot yes in uh culver city yes and so he goes to shake my hand and puts out his left hand and it was you know you automatically recognize like oh that's something's going on there and then you know because it's usually people are shaking with their right hands and then he quickly made it known like oh you know it's because of war and yeah so he was paralyzed from the elbow down so you automatically have respect as well because you're meeting people who have put their actual life on the line and have been suffered severe injury yeah literal heroes yeah so you have respect for this person and then they all kind of leave and that was about it 
I received messages online about, you know, he would reach out to me in Instagram direct message or whatever and be like, you know, happy Valentine's Day or happy birthday. And I didn't see it for like ever. And then I finally saw it one day and I was like, oh, I remember you. Like, sorry, I didn't reply. And nice to meet you. And then we just started like messaging back and forth very casually. And I, one thing led to another. We started talking about how we're both from Texas. And I don't know, like he was very charming, very charming. Yeah. Good looking, charming, good looking, charming, Southern man, you know, just a gentleman, if you will. <laughs> and then the biggest thing for me that made me go, oh, like, mind you, I'm dating in L.A. at the time. Like, I can't get a guy to come pick me up to, like, take me on a date. It's like, what? if anything, you know, I'll honk outside and you come meet me in my car or like, I'll meet you in West Hollywood at a bar somewhere. There's no chivalry that's, happening yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. Um, Not the case. The L.A. guys, it can be complete douche canoes. Yeah. And so it's like this man who lived in states away in Texas and I was here in Los Angeles filming. Um, It came time for my birthday. And for whatever reason, he bought me a gift. And I was like, you don't I don't really know. You don't need to do that. But he bought me the most meaningful gift I've ever received in my life. Um, a year or two before that, my family friend passed away from breast cancer unexpectedly. And I wrote a song for her called Until Then, a Spanish version called Hasta Verde that's like on, on out online. And I guess he like connected the dots based on a previous post I'd made of like, you know, it's been a year or two since you've passed. And oh, and so the you song shared that out. on that, yeah, like, your friend. Yeah. It was very public that like in the way that I wrote this song for her. And, you know, oh. so he connected the dots, had an artist friend in Texas paint her portrait with the words of my song to make up her portrait. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I've seen those. And it's, it was like, Oh my God, like the most meaningful thing I've had. I was like, who is this man that someone would think to do that? Meanwhile, I'm getting like, honk, honk, you ready to go out? Like, yeah, you know, I, let's like, fuck. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> uh, to have someone and then he's saying do something stuff like, so thoughtful. Yeah. And I'll fly across the country just to take you on a date or whatever. And so it was like, is this my Prince Charming? Like, felt like it. Totally. So he comes out here, we go on some dates and it was very quickly that we were like, should we do a long distance relationship? Like you're better than half the people I meet out here. So we did a long distance relationship for a year, ended up, uh, in between seasons of the Goldbergs. I have a place in Nashville and I was like, you know what, how about given the kind of job he had at the time? I'm like, Let's what go. what kind of job did he have? He was employed. Yes, it was something to do. It wasn't construction, but he worked the night shift at, at like a warehouse of some kind. And he was very friendly with the the manager or owner. So he was able to like leave and come back whenever he wanted. Oh, okay. So I was like, let's go stay in Nashville for the four months I have off. See what it's like to be together in person for longer than a week at a time. And like, you know, yeah, made really? sense. We'd been dating long distance for a year at that point. So it was like, oh, okay. You know, so... That time comes around. Everything seemed pretty normal. We were hanging out with friends in Nashville almost every night, like having a blast. And I nothing seemed suspicious, like at all. And mind you, I'd never lived with a guy like that I was dating before. So that was a new transition. But like for the most part, was this it was, your first like serious relationship? Yeah. And so it's interesting that just looking back, seeing how I'm connecting dots now on things that were just so like anyone would just shrug their shoulders and be like, that was nothing. Like you wouldn't think anything of it until I found out um, near the end of that summer that I had fraudulent charges on my bank account and I could not figure out where they were coming from. And 
my mother and I are like FBI agents. <laughs> and we eventually he went back to Texas and I was back in L.A. by the time that I had started figuring out what was happening. But and the, so you did the four months with him in Nashville mm-hmm. and that was great. No, yeah. no fight, like a healthy well, relationship. We had two fights that I was like. They, those were fights that I'd never had fights like that before in my life. Now, there was nothing physical about it, but it was just a very mo- emotionally charged while he would shut down emotionally, like completely. Mm. And I credited a lot of that to PTSD. War. Yeah, PTSD and whatever he told me, you know, excuses as to far as far as, um, you know, things with the VA and th- things that I, as someone who has no connection to the military, would just go, OK, whatever you say, honey. Like, so. It's funny looking back now on the things that I, I realized I was so stupid and naive to just be like, oh, there's whatever, whatever you say. So we go back to our separate homes or whatever across the country. And I realize by doing my investigation that he is the one that stole money from me. And it was like thousands and thousands of dollars. Your credit card. Yes. Both of my cards, my business and my personal. And didn't you say, though, I've, I'm trying to remember this story, but like, <laughs> weren't you with him? And he said, like. Yeah, I have fraud on my card, too. Yeah. So at one point when I discovered it, we were still together. We were actually on a trip together in Chicago. And it was when I landed that I got the call from my bank that said, we're suspecting some fraud on your account. And he was listing all these charges that were I could tell were thousands of dollars. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm panicking now because I have my cards on me. And I'm like, how would this happen? He magically gets a call on his cell phone. He's also received fraud charges at the same time. So we must have been hit when we were like at a restaurant or something. So then I I would have I would have not been suspicious of that at all. Well, when we got back to the hotel room, I was like, "Mm." so I started questioning him and he broke down and was like, I can't believe you'd think I would do that. That just breaks my heart. Wait a minute. You automatically went to like a girl's got an instinct. okay? (laughs) and by the way, that is one thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this, you at what I've learned from this experience is. When you ask questions, that's fine. And be feel comfortable to ask those questions because you deserve to know answers about who you are bringing into your life. But it's how many questions are you starting to ask that you then go, this is a red flag. Because at some point, if you're constantly questioning the intentions or integrity of somebody's words or actions, it's like, oh, then the bigger problem is that this person might actually not be trustworthy. And whether you physically catch them in the act or not, like that in and of itself, your gut instinct is there for a reason. So I knew something was up, but I didn't want to believe it. So I allowed him to tell me that I was, you know, he gaslighted me or whatever it's called and just like made me feel like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't believe I would think it was you. Was and wasn't he at the same time totally cheating on you? Oh. Yeah. So that's the big catch is <laughs> Here's the catch. I eventually, when we were both back in separate places, found out it was him, confronted him via FaceTime. And finally, after hours of interrogating him, and I mean, screaming on the phone and my mom was there and she like would come out from the room low and like be weeping, looking at me like because she's never seen me like this. before. I was like, how dare you? Like, scr- <laughs> like, lock, crazy yeah. lady, crazy lady. Girl interrupted. But like, mm-hmm, but you know what? Don't fuck. Like I'm, I'm gonna come for you I if you're gonna it. come to me like that after after I well, my family loves you. You guys said you, you loved each other. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna marry this man. Like convinced, like this is it. Put the ring on it. Yeah. Like, and so it to have everyone in my circle. It's not like everyone in my family was like 
you know, Haley, he's been doing this. This is weird. I don't like this. Like, he's a bad guy. Like, no one was coming to me being like, how do you not see it? Everyone's like, oh, my God, you found him. Like, he's here. Like, yeah. This is the one. I met him. I sh- well, didn't shake his paralyzed hand, but the <laughs> other one. And I'm, I'm I'm making a joke about the paralyzed hand because here's it, another catch. Yeah. Hit it, Haley. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not paralyzed. Yeah, apparently. He, he So he made that story up, too. I mean, to my knowledge, from what information I have gathered and whom I have talked to, his arm works. <laughs> So take that. Uh, with. But like, and why? I lived with this man. And I'm telling you, his arm was paralyzed. He's burned it on the stove and like didn't move. And oh. like he like literally I. So, yeah, any normal person. But subconsciously, there were times that like we'd be sitting on the couch and I would like pinch it really hard thinking like, can you feel this? <laughs> and he. What? Yeah. And eventually. You tested it? Yes, because like- in my subconscious. I freaking knew and I should have I wasn't old enough or experienced enough to go hey Haley this probably means you don't trust but this you, person but that could go so wrong so quick well because like, also hey, who questions you... a wounded veteran like are you really wounded you like, do who? you yeah. do apparently you freaking do but it's because I was right now that's yeah. not to say like I don't want to make anyone who's a veteran or from the military feel like you know I'm making them feel like they can't be respected obviously but i will say the case at all i was however very much as sad as this sounds just my ptsd of coming my ptsd of coming out of this whole experience it was traumatic the stuff i learned about him after prostitutes oh like mm -hmm, or just and it wasn't really (laughs) prostitutes he was sleeping with though (laughs) i don't even want to get into it but Mm. all i know is he and y'all it's hilarious he hadn't taken my money and he was giving it away to other women and like so many other women, whether it was Ubers, Postmates, he would tell them, here, take this credit card, go buy dinner on me. And I mean, I was getting to an Uber, like a random Uber driver. No, no, no to he would text girls that oh, he knew random girls in other states seeing. everywhere, but not even girls he was seeing. There is a thing called financial domination that I learned about in this experience that I had never heard of. And funny enough, it was coming up on my feed all the time after that of girls who essentially they verbally belittle someone and these men pay them for it. Oh, (laughs) if you saw your face right now, (laughs) wait, mind you, I'd never heard of it until I went back to visit LA with my friends and I was talking to them. I'm like, you guys, I found all these messages and he's messaging these girls and giving them my money, giving them gifts. Like, I don't understand why would he would be with me if he just like wants to like be with all these other women or gift. And he wasn't like with them, with them. He, it was just verbal conversations and gift giving. Almost like, you know how people award you on like TikTok or something and they're like, oh, I bought coins or whatever with my money and you can like gift people money while what? watching their videos <laughs> we'll get into it i didn't even know that was a thing yeah i, I have nine dollars in my account so <laughs> <laughs> someone's given you nine dollars and it's sick because now that i know what and it's not always like some people i don't know why people feel the need to do this but they're in multiple apps and social media i had a okay i had one friend mm-hmm. um it's like me i'm talking about myself no, <laughs> this but, person that i yeah, kind of know this but. weirdo um no but this is one of my one of my straight friends and he had spent thousands of dollars on chatterbait and it's this like webcam 
porn site where you can get girls. It's like a live situation. So she's live on her webcam mm-hmm. and then you can buy coins and she could be like, I'm going to show you my nipple. I need 12 more coins. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And then the more coins you give, the more shit she it's can essentially do. the concept. Yeah. However, he was gifting women things that weren't necessarily like online webcam girls it was just like here's this girl i know from high school and i'm gonna just because she said she was sick on instagram i'm gonna give her my my credit card what she thought it was his to add into her postmate account and she can order soup on her or on me or whatever so it was like to me it when you take a step back like any average person you go but why though like yeah. why do you need to do that and with financial domination, it's whether it's a fetish or in his words, it was feeling um, compelled to take care of other people. Right. Uh, oh God. There's a lot of trauma. Yeah, but like taking care of someone on someone else's dime. That's exactly. But that's when I realized the more that I've like looked into this situation and dug up more stuff that like there's probably a lot of trauma there. The crushing of the coins. Yeah. Wasn't that a thing? That's a thing that some guys are into. I've never heard of that before. I've seen it on uh, Billions, the show. You have? Yeah, where you... Well, he actually like, he liked getting tortured, like with the gag ball and everything. But, but, which is a whole... There's like sex dungeons... I know like the what people get into I feel so vanilla I need to spice it well, up. Well, But mind you and I want everyone to know this wholeheartedly the part that was so traumatic about this experience was I had no idea that was even a thing. He like never came to me and was like, Hey babe, you want to do this or do that? I was like, that was not a part of our relationship. Yeah. And so it was like even more traumatic to be like, I'm sorry, you do what when I'm asleep? Like <laughs> <laughs> literally while I'm asleep. Like, so, but in the show, and I don't know if it relates at all to your story. Okay. Bring it on. <laughs> The uh, the guy, besides getting whipped and stuff, and, and they, they talk down to these guys, so they feel yep. submissive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also will take money, like cash, and they'll crunch it up on with their feet, and they'll stomp on it, and they'll stomp on the guy's fingers. What is that about? It's like a dominatrix uh, But the mutilation. stomping on physical cash and money. Stomping on the money, because it's like, it's, it's his money, like it's the guy's money, but she's like, it's my f- money now <laughs> it's like i saw um a video of this uh with these british girls and they that's their thing i follow mm. them on instagram they're really funny really but they yeah they they stomp on money they stomp on fingers and they treat the guy like garbage like you shut the fuck up and they just you shut your mouth and they'll do that and they'll rip the money up yep. and a lot of stomping on the coins Why uh, change, a good 20 um, i mean <laughs> sure yeah fuck andrew jackson slave owner <laughs> can't stand him i just learned about andrew jackson i listened to a podcast about the trail of tears a bunch of native americans who were slaughtered Mm -hmm. by the thousands oh yeah by well andrew jackson played a big part in that but anyway for anyone lessons for anyone that loves andrew jackson he's (laughs) a monster (laughs) he's the worst he was probably into that too but stomping on money but yeah it's a weird fetish and i wonder where I wonder where that comes from. Like, what happened in your childhood? Like, where did... That is for sure t- childhood trauma, though. And I can't necessarily speak to him. Per- I don't... Right. At the end of the day, I don't know this person. I thought I did. And that's where my trauma comes from. It's like how to how I could have been so naive as to been so close with this person and really have no idea who they are or what what they're about. So I can't speak to him personally, but I'm sure there's a, an aspect of childhood trauma involved that 
He never talks about like, oh, I had a really traumatic childhood or I don't know my mom or my dad. or Uh, I doesn't know know his dad and had a very interesting family tree. But I can only speculate, you know, I don't even like see. Here's the thing with someone like this who he stole money from you, had weird sex addiction type. I don't know. Dominate. I don't know. Had a financial domination, fake paralyzed arm, which wait, you're not sure if it it could be paralyzed. It could not be. Well, I it was always paralyzed when I knew him. And then um, there was one time that I swear to you I saw it move and I didn't even confront him about it because I'm like how disgusting am I to think that this yeah you're gonna look like a monster if you say anything but like I was so right and like and you had people that told you like oh he's not paralyzed after the fact he there's a group of people that I know that he officiated their wedding and I talked to them afterwards and you know they all said like, oh, he came downstairs and shook everyone's hand. and With his right hand? Mm-hmm. And goes, you guys didn't notice. Like, God gave me a sign that things were going to turn around, and he healed me. And- In the name of Jesus, you get back up there where you belong. Oh, my God. I was screaming in my living room when I got that information. I was like, I'm living a movie. And by the way, Reese Witherspoon, if you're listening, because um, you must be. She loves the low show. But I'm going to, by the way, yes. <laughs> And you need to help me make this movie because I kept the memorabilia and I'm ready to go. So yeah. I want a female empowered production company behind it. Really, though? Because it goes so much. Like, I've given you the gist. But, like, look again, looking back into all the little things that I just go, like, for example, uh, cleaning the closet. And, you know, people have, like, a thing of change. Like, when you at this point, I feel like no one really deals in cash or coins anymore. But, like. What my parents had a whole jar of like coins that you just like pull out of your pocket, throw it in the bucket, yeah. and eventually we'll go I have turn a change it into cash. jar. Yeah. For feeding meters. Right. So he like had a cup in the closet filled with coins. And so I, you know, was cleaning the closet one day, moved it to one other half of the closet. He comes out later freaking out, Where are my coins? And I'm like, Those are sex coins. Well, I get, in my mind, I'm like, they're change out of yeah. your pocket. I'm like, in the closet? Like, let it go. Cause I was like, that was weird. But now I know it's like that's that was one of his most prized possessions. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks. Like, I'll be truly honest with you. As much as it's funny to look back and, you know, I've gotten my, I don't want to call it revenge. That sounds awful. I've gotten settled in clarity, clarity in, in what in closure, perhaps. Yeah. Where I, I've gotten closure to some degree. I'll never be able to have the conversation with him where I get to ask him the questions and on honestly get an answer out of him which is the unfortunate part um so to some degree i'll never have closure but you know i pressed charges and i won and i did you have to pay you back the thousands yeah it's probably i'll probably never see all of it but technically but the reason i pressed charges was because i in my research found so many other women that have been wronged by him or just I just had some degree of not being able to get payback for what happened to them that I'm like, well, then we need to use, utilize this our... This needs to be part of your record. Like, well, yeah. Well, and I, the fact that I have... Put them on the books. The position that I'm in where I have a public persona in, in that, you know, I'm not... I don't want to say I'm trying to ruin this person's life, but you need to come to terms with what you've done in your past and how many people you've completely wrecked. And I, in an ideal world, would love for him to find therapy 
and to find himself a woman who will stomp um, on every coin. And oh my God. I tru- I'm not even kidding. I truly hope because the oh, world would geez. be a better place. Wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire, Haley. <laughs> I wouldn't. He's a monster. But truthfully, like, <laughs> no, I mean. No, but that's very sweet of you to options? say that. Like, I'm not going to. It's wish- not good to hold on to that kind of yeah. anger anyway. And like, if he's out that. walking around on the face of the planet, I would rather him treat everyone the way a human should be treated instead of taking advantage of other people. Like, he has the capabilities, as I've seen other friends of mine who have gone through severe childhood trauma. They didn't take the route of continuing that abuse or continuing what like they turned it around and are nice, good people and trying to do the best to like be a part of society. And he's not doing that. And that's the part that I said, OK, I have a capability of pressing charges, so I'm going to make life a little more difficult because he's going to have to face the truth of what he's done when he stole from you and lied about everything and i just i think it's honestly as much as i wanted like payback for what happened to me it was actually fueled by talking to these other women and being like then how the hell is this person just like getting to do this he's never been arrested for it he's never you know like he doesn't face any repercussions i watched uh there's this story is like it's a very common thing and it's but it's crazy that this is a common thing it happens a lot in la all over the world though like this is a thing but there was one documentary i just watched with the one dude it's on showtime and it's a it's a guy he was married but married to like i think he was married to like 15 different is it called love fraud yes i've been meaning to watch that but i also am terrified to watch uh yeah a little too close to home i couldn't watch dirty john it actually one episode in and i was like nope too close to home yeah it's too soon so mad too soon too soon yeah uh then don't watch this one but it's it's very it's very similar (laughs) but this guy but i was like blown away that all of these women he had targeted these women i mean you're a woman of uh of a particular point in your career where you know you have some afforded some luxuries and things you know she's an industry titan if you will but this guy you know she's doing okay for herself she's living comfortably uh but this guy in love fraud was this i guess well i thought he was really gross looking but in i guess compared to where what these women in the towns of what they were seeing like these toothless hillbillies and stuff this guy who had like a full set of yellow chompers um oh, no. and you know and a good head of hair, they thought he was really cute. So they were into him. But he had taken advantage of all these women who they didn't have money. He would get them to take credit cards out and promise them all this stuff. And and his whole shtick was, uh, I have a lawsuit and I'm going to from a doctor that messed up a procedure and I'm going to get millions. So he kept using that story. And he's like, so even if I'm buying your engagement ring, he'd get engaged quick. And and charge up a bunch of stuff, buy cars and all, like tons of stuff. And these women, they weren't of affluence they were Mm -hmm. like normal people like working Mm -hmm. class he took so much advantage of of so many of these women um but he never got caught for it like this happened like to 15 no one did anything they went to the cops cops didn't do anything just never really because unless they're like murdering someone like cops are like we have bigger fish to fry we Mm -hmm. have bigger things to worry about but it wasn't until i think i don't know after the 23rd woman they're like Let's they joined like a Facebook group of, of women that have been used and yeah, and uh, they took them down. So interesting. Finally, well, but, and- but this guy would probably find someone else. I don't think he'd find an actress on a hit show, but I think he would find someone else. Isn't he engaged right now anyway? Well, I, I, I can't I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Um, last I heard, you know, they dated for a few years and then I was told that they broke up and that he cheated. 
Uh, but I'm now under the impression that maybe they're still together. So I don't know. But wild that he got into another relationship oh, after I've... he had litigation courts. Oh, month, like not even a month into me breaking it off and starting to press charges. Was he in this relationship and eventually moved in with her? And um, did you ever give her a heads up? Like, hey. Oh, my heads up was a People magazine article with his mug <laughs> shot in it low. I. <laughs> Like, Lord oh, knows. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. This is her you... nana must be somewhere reading People magazine and go, Isn't this the man? Like, I just knew I, I, she also blocked me. And I think that was for a while because I think that to some degree <laughs> he maybe told her some grandiose story about how I'm crazy or whatever. But like, okay. So eventually, you know, I think people, you want to believe that it's not happening to you, though. Yeah. So whether she's still with him or not, like, I I want to tell myself that I've given these women, whoever may be in his life now, every information that you can possibly get. Entering into a relationship with him is your choice, whether you choose to believe that he has changed for the better and gone about his life to try to make it better. Or if you believe like I could possibly be victim number 47 or something of like getting taken advantage of or lied to or cheated on. And so it's like at some point, take responsibility for yourself. But like I'm. I've done all I can. I've made an yeah. album about it. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I, I can't go chasing everyone, but I mean, I hope, I hope everyone's okay. I hope everyone stays safe and like is able to make good choices, including him. But I really have no idea where he is in the world or like wow, what he's doing. So adios motherfucker. <laughs> what a terrible. Moving on. Moving on. So, well, you did move on. Yeah. And, but Haley, what a, Especially because that was like your first heavy relationship. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the trust, though, I have a hard time trusting people and I haven't been screwed like that. Mm. But for you, so you ended up meeting Greg. How how long did time go by before <laughs> you were able to even think of dating someone? Funny you say that. Two days, actually. No, no. literally. What? <laughs> so, not Greg, but I won't say his name, but he was a, if, he honestly was the perfect uh transition from the the like because you know what's so sick low and i don't know if it's women or just people who have been traumatized in relationships but i can speak for myself and that's after this happened to me despite the fact that everything that went wrong was his fault right fully and it was premeditated planned out everything. yeah as a uh, criminal yeah but i immediately went to am I like disgusting that he couldn't just like have a relationship with me and he had to have all these other women in yeah. there? Like I immediately went to myself and it was like, I must be disgusting. Not, not good enough. So meaning if you had been a better girlfriend or looked different, uh -huh. maybe he wouldn't have wanted to so, stomp on <laughs> coins and money and steal <laughs> thousands of dollars from you and lie about a paralyzed arm. Maybe, maybe just maybe I'd be the one. <laughs> maybe no a chance. So I, I put it on myself, which was so stupid, but I stumbled into this bar as I was trying to recover from yeah. what I like. I Were you a little toasted? I, yeah. Because at that point, my girlfriends, I went immediately after I confronted him and everything went to my girlfriends. And I was like, I need to go drink all of the drinks yeah. and forget <laughs> what it is to be a human. In Nashville? So, in Dallas. In Dallas, okay. Went out, um, went to a bar, met a group of guys and we were laughing, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. I was like, um, I have trauma I have to deal with after this, so whatever. And I have to go back to L.A. and go film more. But this guy that we met at the bar, like, I don't know why we kept talking and we dated for like nine months. 
Oh. Long distance, because I'm crazy. I and, never met him. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, I mean, I wish him the best. He honestly is a really good guy, but it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to work out. All, and honestly, you should never start a relationship that quickly into something so crazy. Don't they say, so you guys, you were with your ex-fiance. <laughs> okay, not a fiance, but, <laughs> but you definitely were planning. To. Sure. But you were with him for uh, almost two years? Almost. Yeah. Okay. So the they usually say, I don't know, my therapist told me when I ended my relationship that whatever the duration of the re- relationship is, it's half that time hmm. um, to get through it. So it would take well, a year. Well, that was this entire relationship, unfortunately for him. And honestly, I don't know that his motivation as to why he wanted to be in a relationship with someone who was so untrusting of every human being in my life. Yeah, because like, you... I was... Didn't you want to do like, I'm just curious because I would have done a background check. Oh, I did. On the new guy. Yeah. Poor <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, I've done one on Greg. I've done like uh, you. I mean, I don't. It's fine. You I mean, you're all good. You're in the clear. No, I, that's just what came out of it was me feeling like I have to double check everyone's word. And so, yes, unfortunately, he had to deal with that. And like on top of the fact that like he was, you know, a guy in Dallas and he's not in the industry. And I'm like, had this whole other level of things that I'm dealing with on top of not trusting anyone anyway because of what happened. I found out my one of my closest girlfriends at the time was somehow involved in the situation with my psycho ex. And what? so to make a long story short, and I still don't really have a clear answer, but I he tried to give money to her too. To your friend. Mm-hmm. And Behind I don't, your back. And I don't know if she ever actually accepted it, but I do know that she had plenty of opportunities to tell me the messages he was sending her and she didn't. So I, of course, confronted her and we don't really have a relationship anymore. But you were, found out. Hold on. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, Reese Witherspoon, make my movie. Yeah. But, Jeez. So this guy who's playing you and stealing from you hits up your friend. One of my closest, like, and here. says, I want to pay for whatever, like buy you stuff or offering her gifts. Or, I don't. Right. Mm-hmm, yep. OK. And then you found out about those messages from her. No, because I was able How to gather you... a lot of information based on what he left behind at my place. Got it. And I was able to find out that God, they I'm... had been in communication. Oh, that makes me sick. Finally. That one hurts even more because it's your friends involved. Yes. And then I started thinking how many people in my life are involved. Now I have no idea where it's coming from. Was it you? Was it? Did it start okay. With you? you bought me shoes. <laughs> I knew uh, it. Okay. Got Honestly, me some boots. I would not be surprised. <laughs> no, I can't even joke about that because <laughs> she's like fucking freaked out. You right wore now. them over here, by the way. You guys yeah. see that? No. no, but I, I, if I was the friend in that situation, I'd be like, hey, Haley, your boyfriend of over a Messaging year is, me is, some asking, weird. is asking me to buy stuff for me. Yeah. Behind I, your back. And it's really by the weird. way, all I, the reason I couldn't continue that friendship was just because, like, if anyone's boyfriend that I was that close with, was telling me stuff like that, I would have been like, girl, we need to have a talk. Like in no world would someone I'm that close with, would I just ignore what's happening there? Like in no world. So to me, that was, okay, can't trust you. I cut out most people in my life, by the way, during this phase, because I started realizing how many toxic, untrustworthy and sick I remember when you were cleaning house. Yes. 
I remember we had a fitting and you're like, cutting everyone out. <laughs> Goodbye. Cleaning. Gotta clean. No, it's important to do that sometimes, especially, I mean, after going through something where your trust is jeopardized and everything you know about someone is a lie. Yeah. Well, and that, it was definitely very difficult. And so this poor guy that I dated immediately after, like. Rebound. Yeah. Well, and truly, I, I call him, you know, my favorite Band-Aid. Because that's kind of, I just, I needed him truly. And I'm so grateful that I actually had time with this person. We had such great times together. He has great friends. Are you still friends with him? No, we don't, we don't talk. Are Um, you friends? Well, despite the one that went to court, but despite the psycho, are you usually friends with your exes? Yeah, actually, I would say I'm on pretty good terms with a lot of my exes. Really? I'm not friends like hanging out with them all the time, but a couple of them maybe. But I'm on good terms usually unless it ended like horribly. And I don't talk to him. Um, It didn't like end on like a perfect note. But like I was also clearly traumatized from everything else. So I just, you know, I wasn't in a great mental state. But I like wish him the best. He's a good guy. And like, you know, so I never talked to him, but um, from afar, I, you know, wish him well. Yeah. And then Greg came into the picture. Yes. I was at a watch party for the Goldbergs with a couple friends and he was there and we like met each other, but didn't say a single word to each other. But I thought he was cute. And so I like followed him on Instagram and he didn't follow me back because he didn't like Typical see it. Greg. Typical Greg. <laughs> so like six months go by and I didn't reach out, never did anything. And then I was kind of in the realm of wanting to like date again. And so I found he like came up on my Instagram feed and I was like, screw it. So I just hit him up in the DM and I was like, good for you. Do you want to go get coffee? And he was like, so confused because he didn't even like one follow me. And so he also like (laughs) barely remembered who I was. (laughs) We did not speak to each other the night we met. So he's like, why? But then we ended up going for coffee and we bonded over our relationship trauma. And here we are. Cause he's been through something similar. I mean, to it's a very his is a very unique story, but yes, he's had like a traumatic stalker esque ex oh. that like is the reason he hadn't dated anyone in a long time. Wow! So we both connected on, and the craziest part is our first date was actually the day that I got a text from my mom that was like, "It is finished." It was the day that the court hearings and everything was finalized for the settlement, everything. The day. Isn't that crazy? Jeez. I like forgot. And I was like, let's go get coffee in Silver Lake. And then we're mid conversation and I read that and I'm like, Ooh, okay, trauma coming up again. <laughs> He's like, I have that too. I'm like, yay. So <laughs> what's your lawyer saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. So nuts. But honestly, like, it's so funny because I don't want to say like I we either of us ever expected it to be what it is, but not only did we have that kind of understanding of not trusting people in common and like trying to navigate that world, but he's just so funny. And like, we have so much fun together. And I think it's so important to like find somebody that it's so easy and just like hanging out on the couch, laughing. Like we giggle till we cry like often. Okay. You can either kiss me for a hundred dollars or kiss the hottest girl in the world um, for $700. What would you do? You. Who's the hottest girl in the world? <laughs> this is a fucking trap. And it's the best thing ever. 
Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. It really is. Like, and and that's why it, when you you have, needed that though. Oh. Like, thank God for Greg. Yes. You know, Amen. And the nine month dude from wherever. Yeah, he was sweet too. He was sweet. I mean, I again, I needed that, but like to have somebody that you can laugh with and genuinely just have a good time with. It's like, it makes all those other relationships be like, what was I on? Yeah. I- and you and Greg live together now. Yeah. So living together, but he, you, of course he understands that you've been through some shit as mm-hmm. is, he has too, but you did the background check, but even living with someone again, even though you guys laugh and have a great time, like, probably a little uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Poor guy. There's times where I like, and I've talked to him about this, like we're very honest with each other, which helps in a relationship where you feel like everyone's lying. <laughs> but yeah. I there's times that I started going back to work this year. And now that we're living together, I was like, what if he's at home stomping on coins? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, so what'd you do today? Like, I yeah. just there is I cannot deny that like in checking the, the phone in the back of my head. I don't necessarily check the phone, but I will say don't if, necessarily, if you have meaning everyone, you don't No, I you, don't. You have. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, Honestly, he has nothing to hide. It's kind of boring. I know. Um, <laughs> no, but like I. But if even if you did do that and he saw it, he would probably just crack up because he's like, I get it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, because Greg's he's probably got the same kind of. It, I know. Yeah. But no, I like. I genuinely do trust him. I think it's. It truly is my own like trauma of like thinking there's a possibility that I could still be wrong about somebody. And that's the trying to get over that still. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. Did you go, end up going to therapy? <laughs> I did. I took therapy in many forms. I went to actual therapy. Okay. Um, I did stand up about my situation. I wrote an EP. I uh, talked to a stranger on a train to San Diego about it. Uh, like there were... Was that part of like what your therapist suggested oh, you no, do? Oh, no. I just did it. Oh. <laughs> and it all, it all just kind of happened very naturally. Like... I needed it in every form. I needed to laugh at it. I needed to cry about it. I needed to sing about it. I needed to just tell a complete stranger, like, do you know what You're telling many strangers about it right now. That's true. (laughs) And hopefully it could help someone. I'm sure someone could be in a very similar situation where there's just a little something in the relationship they're in where they're distrustful. And it could, well, and here's the thing. They could stem from your own insecurities. See, that's the thing where it's me. I'm distrustful in relationships. I have no reason to be distrustful. Well, when you watch people around, you have stuff like this happen. That's it's why hard I've to lived not... in L.A. too long. I'm a, a, And I just know so many stories. I've watched all the documentaries about shit like this happening. Yeah. So I think everyone is a serial killing <laughs> rapist <laughs> who wants to steal from me. And you're not wrong, Lo. <laughs> you're not no, wrong. Uh, I think it also depends on like, I think you might have a good radar for people, though, in where I know I don't like I my radar is broken as far as I'm just like gullible and floating through life and like oh you must be great and honest like but that's not the case you know that was old you though new new you is not like that I've definitely gotten a little more skeptical for sure yeah um but still sweet and still open to love because and I think that's a silver lining in this whole situation you're not a bitter betty Mm -mm. You still found love and happiness and and trust. You're working on it. Yeah. You're perfectly imperfect with Greg. Yes. And I think for the people out there who feel like, you know, this happened to me, something happened to me that's so traumatic that I can't fathom getting back into a relationship and, and dealing with that. Then what do you like? You won't live your life like that's just such a negative way to think about it. And yeah. even if Greg's a psychopath and it happens to me again, I would still go out and probably date after that because like. I. I am 26 years old. I plan on living a very long time if possible. <laughs> Lord, yeah. knock on wood. But with that, like, 
I'm not going to spend the rest of my life as some people that I've seen that just shut down and they accept like what life has handed them and they don't go for anything else. Like that's so boring and like what a waste. So, you know, you, you just have to deal with your trauma as you can and try to just trust to where you can and you find a line, you know, you, you figure it out, but there's always going to be a little bit of that in the back of your head. It's just bit. life. Sure. That's growing up. That's being wise. Oh, man. Well, you figured out a lot at 26, Queen. Well, I am an old lady on <laughs> no, the inside. You feel like an old lady. Oh, God. Uh, Haley, I'm so glad you shared your little relationship story with us. I have more questions oh, for great. you. Okay, no. So, I know you guys, he loved anal. And I know... Uh, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Low? Just throw the anal in there, low. My no, no, God, no. no! I do have. We're not talking about that. Uh, we're not going to bring um, that. I'm going to eat some of this uh, churro. Oh, biscuit, I, yeah. Whatever. Part of the reason why Haley, besides being a great friend to me, but part of the reason she agreed to do the podcast was I gave her some brunch. Came oh. over to the house, whipped up some breakfast burritos. He fed mama. Yes, she's happy now. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's a happy camper. You pay the troll toll and you <laughs> <Yeah>. come in. <laughs> Here we go, rapid fire time. Uh, okay, cottage on the beach or cabin in the woods? Ooh, cottage on the beach because woods are scary because <laughs> that's where the killers Murder. live yeah favorite vacation spot mm, i went to bora bora once and nothing will ever be better than that beautiful place Un- clear waters believable is that in bora bora is that where the pigs swim in the water no <laughs> and you could swim with these hogs i think that's maybe in the area but no not not the place i went but they did allow you to just take like a raft out and or like a um what is that called the canoe canoe or the paddleboard paddleboard and i just went on a paddleboard by myself around the entire island like the entire thing and like that amount of freedom you'll never beat it i mean i played with stingrays and octopus and like wow it was crazy god i love octopus anyway um i just watched a whole documentary about <laughs> my octopus, octopus teacher oh my god <laughs> oh hon we are here for did it did you watch it it was beautiful it was so beautiful did you cry when he lost his arm i I know (laughs) it grew back it did as everything does does. no Haley, that shark ripped off her arm Mm, i know and then yeah it was a i actually just talked about that on a podcast episode that yeah it like changed my life oh it's incredible my octopus why did you watch that because what else am I going to do with my time? I no, only watch there's Netflix. so much stuff on Netflix and it was recommended to me. It was like mm-hmm. a 98% match or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. I'm- Low, we're the same person on the inside. Yes. Wow. And also just yes to like watching any of that. And especially after an edible. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I took an edible and I was like, I became an octopus. Yes. I, was- <laughs> I loved it. I am the octopus. <laughs> it's incredible. Okay. Oh, um, celebrity crush male first and then we'll go into a female. You're going to laugh at me like everyone does. Who is it? Justin Long. Justin, who's that? <gasps> who's Google it. Hold on. Justin Long. I We did this at, all last year on the Goldbergs. We would like to ask each other who your celebrity crush was. Oh, Justin Long. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's And cute. by the way, does it not make so much sense that I'm dating Greg? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get Funny, it. Funny, cute, He's shaggy from, brown um, hair. Yeah, dodgeball. He was Alvin in the Chipmunks. Um, do you remember the movie Accepted where he was like ran the college? There was like a fake college that he put on and all the pa- 
I don't know. I don't remember that one. But oh, okay, the the movie though, though, is Comet, starring him and Etmi Rossum, and it's a a romantic movie, and it's oh my god, wasn't he? No, he remind. I, I get him confused with uh, Zach Gra- Braff, Zach Graff, the dude from Garden <laughs> State. Are you kidding me? He kind of reminds me of him. I'm insulted. <laughs> no, well, he's cute. Oh, did he? He dated Drew Barrymore. Yes, for a long time, on and off. And also, I'm here for it because I love a Drew Barrymore. I do. Moment. Yeah, I'd say you remind me. Well, your free spirit reminds me of Drew Barrymore. Yep. No list. I am just like you, a boho free spirit, mommy, mother, movie star. Since I was six, how drew you do? And then, um, let me see if I can. No, I can't. Uh, I can't the, do it. Do I've the, been trying. Do I the can't. Drew. Yeah. But you're a hybrid between. Looks wise, mm-hmm. so the listeners can know who I'm talking to. This beauty in front of me. <laughs> so, if you've ever seen a young Saved by the Bell, Leah Remini, mm-hmm. young Leah, she was on Saved by the Bell. She was. She played. Um, she was like when they went to the beach, really? and her father was like the beach hotel owner. Okay. Anyway, she's great. Actress. So Leah Remini for sure. I get so her all the little time. Scientology vibes mm-hmm. mixed with, I'd say, well, past Scientology. Shoot. I often, which I want to do that biopic. So Leah, if you're around, I'll play. Oh, I'll play oh, Young yeah. You. They're, they're not doing it yet, but I think it should happen, and I want should. to play Leah. Um, so Leah Remini mixed with Leighton Meester. Really? I, and people, whenever I post about you, people are like Leighton. Like <laughs> they love Leighton from. I think she was from Gossip Girl. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've the, heard that. I also used to get Ellen Page a lot when I was younger, which is funny. oh Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, female celebrity crush. Oh Lord, I don't know. Um, What's one woman if you were locked just... in a jail cell with, and you would oh. have to get down and dirty with? Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god I don't know. I've been flashing like so. There's so many women. <laughs> I picture you with that hot girl from. She was Batwoman. Or uh, Supergirl, Batwoman. She has, she kind of looks like Justin Bieber. She's super hot with tats. Ruby Rose. <gasps> oh, Ruby Rose is it. Yeah. Yeah. Love a Ruby Rose. I'm down for Ruby Where's Rose. Where's she been, by the way? I think she's filming a movie somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I know there's another getting one. Getting a tattoo, getting a haircut. We'll come back to it. Ruby Rose is a good one. If your belly button was an actual button, <laughs> what would you make that button do? <laughs> Yeah, we go deep here. How dare the you? Low show. Uh, probably feed me a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, press it and a warm <laughs> biscuit comes out. But then I just eat it again. So yeah, maybe that's not. fine though. Um, where would the biscuit come out of? Oh, <laughs> that's a fun question, though. Yeah. In that case, I won't eat it. Or you could say you press the belly button and then a biscuit. Someone would appear. delivers it. Yes. that's what I was thinking. You know, it's like a call button. I'll have Bluetooth technology you have involved. Anything like that's wow. That, okay, maybe not. Anything. With well, that what button. was your answer? Uh, I haven't been asked the question. To uh, be, uh, well, low. Oh shit! If your belly button was a button, what would it do? I would do hyaluronic acid serum. <laughs> I would have it come out. I would have it come out of me. What is that? Hyaluronic acid is a. It's a, it's a great. It's a great chemical that's great for your skin. I'd either have that or retinol <laughs> come out of my pores. If you pressed it, boom, hyaluronic just comes out because it's so good. It builds collagen, elastins in your skin, makes it glow. It's expensive product. So, yeah. Low. <laughs> that would happen. I, I probably actually would. Uh, it would be a sleep button because I love sleeping. So just to like have an automatic. That is a great like answer. A, 
Boom, and then knockout. Done. And then I don't have to go do anything because they're like, oh, she fell asleep because the button. Press her button again. Yeah. Right, press her belly. I'm Get okay her with that. Okay. <laughs> what is your love language? And I'll go over them. Please do. Physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and quality time. Quality time and probably acts of service. Top two. Mm-hmm. Love that. Favorite movie that makes you laugh? Oh, I love Horrible Bosses. That's a great one. I With love Jen that movie. Yes. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, go-to cocktail at a bar? Mm, margarita? With salt? At times. It depends on the day. Yeah. But yes. Feeling bloated or not. Yep. <laughs> salt bloats. <laughs> What's something that people most commonly get wrong about you? Mm, uh, it's personality-based for sure. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that like when they first met me, they thought I was, I was a massive bitch, <laughs> which like maybe I am though, but like, really? oh yeah. But I think I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm that bad. First impression. I would never give you a bitch I'm vibe. I'm so glad. You're I mean, that's so at least kind. in my you head. You have like a total like sweet Southern charm about you. That's what I like to think. However, but you've heard many that. times I've heard that. So I'm like, oh, okay. maybe really like resting bitch face. Do I have that? I don't think you do, but I'm just trying just like to a, I, look. I don't know, man, but it is. It's probably it's that it's personality wise. It's that or the people think people probably think I'm a little too at the same time, a little too um sweet and innocent. Oh, yeah. There is a line there, though. Of like, I'm get, also an adult. And, yeah. You know. And you have a very young look to you. Yeah. You're 26, but you look 19. Yeah. People get freaked out when I'm like, hand me a cocktail. Or <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I'm I don't thirsty. know. Mom like, was a drunk. Yeah. Or just the way I talk <laughs> when I actually do talk. Like, I don't know. I do have a sailor's mouth as well. Yes, I have you do. tried to withhold it on this podcast, but we'll bleep it out. Cool. Favorite cheat meal. Oh, I, I, this is so sad, Low. I love KFC. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That is so sick. I wait. I want to know what the hell you're ordering at KFC. Oh, honey, a leg and a thigh with mashed potatoes, gravy, mac and cheese, and a freaking biscuit. And honestly, the greatest thing that ever came to existence was when they took all of those things and put it into one bowl. Into a shake. Have you seen? They do mashed potatoes with gravy, and then like mac and cheese and chicken on top or something and i'm like give it to me heart no, attack no. like a seven layer dip yeah <laughs> oh my god it's so good you like kfc more than popeyes i've never had popeyes what mm -hmm. do you like spicy though no 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 oh no. you don't do spice that's i do like but no one's gonna know what it is unless you're from the south um chicken express is is um a better version of kfc, KFC. they have corn nuggets so uh -huh. <laughs> think of about a little like, a, like, is that a hush puppy? No, no, no. Think about a like fried circle. Right. And when you bite into it, it's creamed corn. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I hate corn. <laughs> so much. Wait, really? That's the one thing I, I don't do corn or beets. Uh, beets. Forget it. Golden beets, though, are actually pretty good. I never had them. OK, we'll work on it. I'll try that. Corn nuggets. Mm. Well, it's. I'm gonna. I'll have to try. I always will try everything, even your nasty little corn nugget. No. It might be delicious. Who <laughs> Just knows? Just call me corn nugget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> corn nugget. Uh, last question: When are you most inspired? When I'm really sad. 
Oh yeah. I've not been able to write a single song in this quarantine because I'm so friggin' happy. Which I know most people would be like, How sick are you during this year? You're happy. It's like No, I think I I like hearing that people are happy as I struggle (laughs) with my mental health. (laughs) Really happy for you. I'm having a great year low. No. I I truly honestly it's been a with Greg, a lot of fun. Like we're yeah. stuck inside together, and all we get to do is laugh. Like I and you guys have genuinely enjoyed each other's company. Well, and that's why it's so funny to hear about so many people I know who maybe are quarantined or already living with their partners, and they are spending more time together than they normally would. Divorce a work rate is schedule. up twenty percent in the United States. Wild to me because, like, it's so funny how when you're on a work schedule and everyone's going about their lives, like you don't think about you know, when you do come together, you embrace those moments and you have fun together. But if you were stuck together for seven months with nothing else to do, nowhere to go, would you still like that person? Probably not. I can say I do. You do though. That's great. I really do. And that's why I'm happy and I haven't gotten any work done because I can't (laughs) write a single song. Yeah. That's when the best music comes out. Although you could be like a Natasha Bedingfield and all her songs are like, I got a pack, I got a pack of sunshine. So she takes from her happy moments in life. I don't know how to do that. I'm going to have to have Greg do some fuck up leave me for a week or two (laughs) (laughs) just get a couple good songs in there (laughs) well that's the end of our show Haley Arantia thank you so much for being here I freaking love you so much I am honored to call you a very close friend and I'm glad I got to share your beautiful voice with the listeners out there thank you so thank you for being with us all right you guys we're out love you guys drink some water I know you're dehydrated (laughs) me too yeah, Haley needs to drink up too. She's been drinking mimosas today. All day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Low Show. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to hear more relationship nightmare stories or dating horror stories, though. We all have that one friend that's gone through some shit. If it's not us ourselves, <laughs> we've all been through something. So I definitely want to hear from you guys. If you want to spill a little relationship tea, spill away on Instagram. You can DM me at stylelvr. That's S-T-Y-L-E-L-V-R. Or actually, better yet, if you want to share a story, ooh, that would be good. We could share our relationship nightmare and dating horror stories here on Apple Podcasts under the rate review section in the comments. Leave it there so we could all see the dirty laundry. That's going to be so good. I'm going to pick the juiciest stories and make a podcast episode just based on those relationship dating nightmares. I think that would be so entertaining and interesting. I'm learning how this whole Apple Podcast situation works. I'm new to this. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, I know that every little rating and subscription review does make a huge impact on keeping this little engine that could or couldn't at times the low show afloat. So I appreciate the love and support so much. Thank you for that. Like there's a whole algorithm and you got to leave comments and there's so many moving parts to keeping the show going. So thank you. I can't believe we're already at episode five next week. Next week's heavy. We got the election. And I don't care if you're riding with Biden or taking a dump with Trump, whatever your political affiliation is, I support you more so just supporting that you vote, get out there, vote. It's going to be a very exciting week. Heavy, though, because it's heavy. I have Elliot Knight coming in, one of my dear friends. He's an incredible human, wise beyond his years. You guys are going to love the interview. We talk about anything and everything. Nothing is off limits with Elliot, which is the best. That's going to be next week's episode. But until then. Stay hydrated. Drink your water, putas, because I know you're thirsty. I love you guys. I'm out.
We keep it moving, yeah we do. 